Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Orsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. A lot of news with the Washington football team about current and former players, and there's going to be a lot of current and former player discussion on this here podcast. Ryan Kerrigan went to Philadelphia. Not Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Morgan Moses is going to be gone soon, it sounds like, either by trade or release. Plus, an interview with departed former long snapper and fan favorite, Mr. Nick Sunberg. Let's go. What up, everybody? It's J.P. Finley. It's the Washington Football Talk podcast. Mitch Tischler, Pete Haley are here to join me. We are brought to you by the great people at Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them, want you to do the exact same thing. Check them out, oarsmanva.com. Six locations all over Northern Virginia. They'll take good care of you. A major week for the Washington football team. What we know is that Ryan Kerrigan is signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. What we believe will happen very soon, whether that's two weeks, two days, two hours, we're not, we're, we're not sure. Is that Morgan Moses is going to be gone from this team. Um, I want to start with Morgan because it's more surprising. We've all known Kerrigan was going to be gone for a while now, if not a full year. Um, my reaction when I saw the Morgan, the tweet from Rappaport, he kind of broke the story. I, listen, we've kind of kicked it around on the podcast here for a while that we thought Morgan would be gone next year. And there was maybe some indication that, you know, when they draft the other tackle and then they sign Leno, you're like, huh, this is starting to get interesting. Um, but every time I checked in, it was like kind of that wasn't the vibe. I think Morgan wants some more guaranteed money. I think there's I, – I wonder about OTA. Um, appearance, I, I wonder about OTA um, – what was the opposite of absence? Participation? Attendance. Yeah, attendance. Thank you. Um, all those, I think there could be a lot of little things here, but I still, it's a it's a whoa moment because you're like, all right, I get Ron is getting rid of a lot of these veterans, who, Ryan Kerrigan and Nick Sunberg, who we're going to talk to in a little while. But that one, he's a super durable player, hasn't missed a start since 2015. Last year was the best he's played in a while, I think. And at eight mil, I mean, he's like the 11th highest paid right tackle. And you had another year at seven and a half. I mean, by the time 2022 comes around, the salary cap explodes. Seven and a half for Morgan is going to be a damn bargain. Now, it's easy to say that, but maybe seven and a half in 2022 was never going to happen from Morgan's side of, of, of the table. Um, it's like Mitch and I, when we complain, at least when I complain about Maryland not being in the ACC anymore, I dream of this round robin you know, a home and home with every ACC team. And there are only nine teams in the ACC. Well, now there's 15 and Pitt versus BC is an ACC game. And it's just not what I remember. Like we can envision Morgan Moses's contract, current contract being played out. And it seems like a really good deal. 
But we don't know that that would have been the case, especially if maybe they had asked about something different in 2021, let alone what the hell would happen in 2022. Still, this is, of all the moves, and, and, and I went through the, like a list of these, the AP cut before camp in 2020 still stands out to me as the most wow because, I mean, Ron had just talked about how much he valued Peterson like the week before. Position-wise, it kind of made sense. I mean, they wanted a banger, and when you have AP on the field, it's really hard to develop Antonio Gibson the way he needs to. Peyton Barber can sit on the bench and get two carries every two weeks and then have eight carries one week, and he's not going to complain about it. AP would have. Um, this is number two in the wow category of Ron making moves that I wasn't expecting. And I kind of, I understand the AP move more than I understand this one. I've been talking too long. Pete, your reaction. Yeah, I would assume like our colleagues up at NBC Sports uh, who cover the Patriots are used to this kind of thing, this cold-blooded nature, get rid of a guy a year too early rather than a year too late. But in Washington, it's been, we're going to take care of the veterans who have fought for us and we're going to pay them longer and more than we should. And Ron seems to just be completely doing the opposite. And we've said it before, he can tear out all the water fountains in Ashburn if he wants to. That place seems to be completely reset. But I'm with you, JP. This is the first one where I was kind of like, huh, all right. I mean, sure, Ron, you have the power and you're not afraid to flex it. And I'm not disillusioned to the fact to think that Moses is a top five tackle, but he always plays. And I thought him and Leno could be a really nice combination. Um, So it definitely caught me off guard. But it's funny, on our last podcast, I think I asked you guys, like, is it going to be weird if Sam Cosme, a second round pick, doesn't play at all? Are we going to be a little bit confused? And I guess he's going to play a decent amount. I'm assuming he's going to battle it out with Cornelius Lucas for the right tackle job. And I think just the combo of him and finding Leno kind of in that week span just made Moses expendable in Ron's mind. So uh, we'll see if he's right. But Ron's going to own this decision just like all the other ones. I'm just not sure this is the correct one to make for this player. Yeah, I mean, like you guys, I was quite surprised. And I think you can look at the Morgan Moses situation here in D.C. and liken it to Charles Leno's situation in Chicago, where they drafted a young tackle. They thought Leno was potentially expendable, and they basically ended up getting rid of him. And as Charles Leno found out on the open market, there wasn't a huge uh, need for – there wasn't a huge want or need for a starting left tackle, and Washington was able to kind of snag him relatively cheap. You talk about an NFL roster and, you know, all the machinations of what those look like, and you kind of need three kind of good, very good tackles. And they had Leno, they have obviously Cornelius Lucas, and they drafted Sam Cosme. And so potentially, I guess you can look at it as Morgan Moses was expendable. But for me, to me, having a veteran who's as durable as Morgan is and who proved to be as good of a leader as he was last year, and even honestly going back two years going through all the Trent Williams situation. I think that uh, I was, I was shocked that, that he was out. I, like you guys, we had talked about potentially next year being the year that, that they were able to move on from him. Um, but here we are. And I think, uh, I think that, that you kind of have a good feel for, you know, where, where Ron and where John Matsko and where these guys feel um, their, their depth is a tackle with the drafting of Sam Cosme and having the two former bears there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I, I think Cosme is going to have every opportunity to start at right tackle. And it's somewhere that both he and Lucas have played previously. Um, but most of their recent action has been on the left side. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I think it's Cosby's job to lose. Um, shout out to Logan Paulson. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram. 
but his Instagram breakdowns are really, really good. And they're like perfect kind of like snackable bites for lack of a, nice. like they're like eight, eight, eight minutes ish on players. So I just watched the one he did on Cosby and it's really interesting. He said Cosby, if he came out in 19, would have been a first rounder. Um, and then in 2020, it just looked a little sloppy and sloppier anyway. And then I think he opted out late in that season, if you remember. Um, but I mean, the clips he showed of Cosby and, and his, his feet and his athleticism and that little bit of nasty streak, there's a lot to like there. Um, and dude, if you're, I feel like Mitch said this the other day about chestnut checkers. Like if, if you start Cosby for a year on the right side and he can do it, then you can move him to the left side next year after Leno's gone. I, I think I, I, I liked the point you made about Chicago did to Leno as Morgan is, as Washington is now kind of doing to Morgan. Um, because I think the Leno signing is the only reason Morgan's now going to become available. I also think Morgan's going to be gone. I don't think there's a reconciliation path here. When the word comes out, yeah, we're going to let him find a trade or we're going to release him, you're not coming back. Um, and I think, like, I don't think he has any trade value. I, I, see, I see the very narrow path to trade value, right? There's another team that wants Morgan and doesn't want to have to compete in free agency so they'll give you a fifth. And they're like, you know what? Here you go. Here's a fifth rounder. We want Morgan. But then isn't Morgan going to tell this next team he needs a new contract? He needs some guaranteed money? Like, it's one thing. He At least with the old staff, he had built up a ton of goodwill. Right but now, he's I, – I think, honestly, the he's probably about the 10th best right tackle, something like that. Like, I don't know that the salary is way off. But the lack of any guarantee is off. So he's going to – I almost wonder if this year, if there's been an ask for money, and it's not about more money, it's about a guarantee. Um, and, and frankly, I, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't blame them. They're not pressed for cap space. And, and I think the theory that, oh, they're going to do this so they can sign John or they can sign Brandon – they don't need to do this to sign those dudes. Either of those guys would actually give them cap relief because it'd be a long-term deal. First, I don't think it's Sheriff deals happening. I think Sheriff's going to free agents and in 22. And I, I think it'd be crazy not to with the way the cap's going to go up. I'm surprised John wants a deal now, but you know, it, it seems like he wants a deal. It seems like that could happen. Um, I'm not sure that paying John is the smartest thing. He's a really good player, but you got a lot of D linemen to pay. Um, you got to make sure you got enough money saved up for Chase Young and probably Montez Sweat. And, and I would say Deron Payne. Um, the, the reason John slipped in the draft is concern about his shoulders later in his career. You get to that second contract, you're starting to get later into his career. Um, he's a really good player, and I know he's tight with ownership. And I know Ron likes him. Uh, I think there were some probably some bumps early on getting John to adapt from one system to another, but plenty of people think that deal is going to happen and that'll be interesting, but I, I don't believe releasing Morgan now is part of a strategic let's free up some cash to, to keep John or to keep Brandon. I think it's, we just got Cosme. We just got Leno. We're good. Let's turn the page on somebody with ties to the old organization 
I, I think Ron wants as few ties to anything that happened before his arrival as possible. And <clears throat> that's easy to question, especially like this Moses move doesn't need to be done. Like you're kind of doing it. It's a little extra, right? Yeah. But Morgan hasn't been a pro bowl player. Like you're not, you're not releasing this isn't Trent Williams and, and these situations aren't comparable, but like the organization was awful and Morgan played really well in 2020, but dude led the league in penalties in either 2019 or 2018. So it's a tricky situation that doesn't make a lot of sense, but you can see kind of both sides of it. Of, of If the argument is, I get why Ron wants to cut him or what on earth are they doing? I can see both sides pretty easy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I, I think that, when we're saying we're surprised about Morgan's cutting and, and that he played well last year, I don't think any, you got nobody listening needs to get it confused that we're talking about him. Like he's the best right tackle in football and he's this reborn, you know, great player. He's a solid starting caliber offensive right tackle in the NFL. And there have been far too long in Ashburn and elsewhere where players have started for multiple years who weren't necessarily at that level, but when you look at what Ron has been doing and it's not just, you know, what you look at on the defensive line that that's happened with all the first round picks, he's building depth across the board. And we're seeing that with some of these offseason signings, Bobby, the Bobby McCain, the Charles Leno, Eric Flowers. I mean, you see it across the board. And when you have depth, you know, you sometimes they're going to move on from players that seem surprising because the drop off between that starter, that previous year's starter and the next guy isn't, isn't quite as high. Um, and when you look at, when you look at Sam Cosme, who I, like I said, I think is kind of um, working his way into, into uh, potentially. Mitch, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Do they, they normally keep four tackles on a roster though, right? They normally keep four tackles, but only three are generally active on game day. You have fine, but like, aren't you, if you're talking depth, like your four tackles, if it's, Leno, Moses, Cosme, Lucas, I like better than Leno, Cosme, Lucas, Sharp, or Christian. I entirely agree with you, but I think that, you know, like we were talking about the development of Cosme, if you're if you have three That's tackles true. that are eligible on game day and Morgan and Morgan is there, you can't make Morgan ineligible. You, you, I mean I don't not, think you can even bench him. Right. That's a good point. Like so what, if they, what you're not if they like Right. If, not even dressing. Let's forget that. Cause Lucas is the easy guy to not dress or not activate in that scenario. Right. Like if, if you, if you had kept Moses and those are your four guys, sorry, Courtney, you're inactive this week. Right. But you're, if they want Cosme to play right away. And I think Kyle said path. that, is that reported out there? Um, if it's not, I'm not sure I know that, but I believe it to be the case. If they want him to play in the start, you kind of can't do it with Morgan out there because Morgan's not going to get benched. He's yeah, that would not go well, right? Do we all agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Just wrote my, the last point on Cosme is good is very good. Like JP was saying, we saw it two years ago. We saw some of it last year. That's what the scout said. But he had too many lazy plays, almost like you would talk about Deami Brown, like they talked about him with the concentration drops. You saw that with Sam Cosme on the O line. If they're able to work that out and get the good out of him, you know, the majority of the time he can step right in and play at the same level 
that uh, that Morgan potentially would be at this year. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, I remember watching that all or nothing Amazon series on the Panthers last year to kind of get a feel of who Ron was. And there was one episode where he said, look, I draft these players because I believe in them and I'm going to play them as rookies. Like he is all into giving rookies and young players the chance to shine. That's why he didn't bring in certain receivers last year. He wanted to see what he had. And I think he wants to see what he has in Cosme, which is fine. But again, I think I'd rather have those four tackles, Moses, Lucas, Cosme, Leno, instead of three of them without Moses and like a 10% chance increase that you're going to lock up Allen or like a 2% increase you're going to get share. So I don't know, tackle depth, we were all remarking about how spectacular it was and now you're losing the most proven guy and you're going to probably replace him with the dude who has a couple of rookie camp practices. Lots of talent, but a lot longer uh, road to go before he can really be trusted. But, you know, Ron's Ron's world, we're all just living in it. And uh, again, it's, the, it's a bad team, so you can't really complain too much about him just getting rid of most of the players from the past. But I, I think kind of it's... complaining about it. So let's let's plant a flag. Let's be clear about something. You're allowed to question Ron Rivera. Like this is not Vince Lombardi meets Bill Walsh. You know, like, like I, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a really good motivator and leader. But hell, like he's never been in this situation where he has full control. One thing that I've thought a lot about is how often he said. One of the biggest problems he had in Carolina was the second year they got old in a hurry. And, and I do feel like he's he's one of the things he said repeatedly is that he's learned a lot from the first time. And John Madden told him that the second time you got to run things how you want them to be. And I think we're seeing some of that for sure. Um, I think it's realistic to question if he doesn't want guys around that are willing to question him or to kind of like not – I, the fact that Morgan had been outspoken about Trent and outspoken about Dwayne, I, I don't think, I don't think that's at all a deciding factor. I think Charles Leno's the deciding factor, but I think those things, coupled with maybe some contract discussions, some, some perhaps minor league griping, and you know, you add all these things up, and Ron's like, "All right, I'm, this is my ship now." I, I don't know. Um, I don't think by all the people I've talked to, it's not a particularly contentious thing right now. Um, I don't know that that'll happen, but I would think somebody's going to want Morgan. He started for five straight years at right tackle and coming off a pretty good season. So he's, he's the Leno of the right side, durable and pretty good. Not great. There's probably going to be a spot for him somewhere. Well, the other thing that folks need to keep in mind is that like NFL trade values outside of quarterbacks make no sense. And, you know, piece of evidence number one, and I rest my case, is that Trent Williams was traded for a third and a fifth. Um, so I would not – like I get calls on the radio show like Morgan and a two for Julio Jones. Like I, I would not <laughs> hold your breath on that. Um I think I think you get a Saturday pick in return. I am curious if they could work a player for player. Like you just saw that kind of random was it Jaguars Eagles trade? Yeah, two corners you've never heard of. I think my favorite was was Morgan, uh, John Allen, and a second for Aaron Rodgers. That was that was the best. Strong. Who says Who's no? That from? Who, Who says, says no, no first? Yeah. Um, by the way, it's May 19th at 846, so that, that's important to timestamp in case some Morgan news has broken as this podcast gets into your ear holes. My last, I don't think it has. Yeah, no, it hasn't yet. 
No, I'm just saying in case someone listens to it in a couple of days and this okay. has happened. Gotcha. My last tiny, tiny footnote to the depth offensive line discussion is as a end footnote that um, they did sign Eric Flowers. And if they end up in an emergency situation on game day for that, where they need a fourth tackle, potentially in that terrible scenario, you could have a guy like, uh, like uh, like flowers jump out there as he does have NFL experience. Same, same with Sadiq too. They Sadiq's got college experience there. I don't know if they view him as that in the NFL, but they have options. I just thought Morgan was their best option for now. But it's all on Cosby. Good luck, kid. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Horseman Fairfax Toyota. Let's ride together. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right. I um, want to thank Orsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. want you to do the exact same thing. Go check out our guy, Andy High, Orsman Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram of Alexandria. Take good care of you. Get you one of those. Those new Jeep Grand Wagoneers are dope. I want one. I just, I need it at like a third of its sticker price. I don't know if that's possible. Um, well, you pay a third, I'll pay a third, and Pete will pay a third, and we'll each we'll get just a share it. Timeshare, yeah. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> I'm sick. This is, uh, this is my Jordan flu game podcast. Uh, being, not feeling well in the, in the summer sucks. Um, cicadas also suck. Uh, they don't really bother me, but they bother my wife a lot. So in turn, it just creates more work for me that I don't need. I, have, I currently have four jobs. I'm not sure I need to be on like constant cicada watch. Um, Are these anywho, in-house cicadas or outside cicadas? No, there's no bleeping cicadas in my house. It's like on the front steps. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? It's a biblical problem. Like this has been happening since Moses was around. Give me a break. Um, I think Maybe you work like, on tilling your front yard more often. Yeah, yeah. I go milk cows. Um, Brian Kerrigan, uh, going to Philly kind of sucks. I, I'm happy for him. I think he got. I think he would have gone to Pittsburgh. I think the Eagles gave him more money. And you know what I like? Money. You know what everybody likes? Money. So good for him if that's the case. Um, I think it muddies the waters a little bit in the in the in the immediate. Like when he's on the field and Kelly Green, it's going to be like, ah, what the hell? But five years, 10 years from now, I don't think it matters. Like I work with B Mitch. We walk from our office to the bullpen 
And everybody's like, yo, be Mitch. When Kerrigan come, either comes back to D.C. or maybe he and his family never leave, I, I think people will love him and clap for him. I, I think there's some, like, immediate kind of backlash. But you can't be mad at Kerrigan because the skin, Washington let him go and didn't want him. Yeah, can't be mad. It does nothing to his legacy. He's still going to get his name in the stadium. He's still the all-time sack leader. He's still going to get a good ovation, I think, when he comes back to FedEx Field, and that could be because there's going to be a million Eagles fans there too. Um, And, yeah, I mean, this is how the the evolution of sports works. They have two guys who can potentially be the next Ryan Kerrigan on their roster, and he's going up north to play in a place that's pretty close to where he lives now, and he says revenge isn't an issue. I think it definitely is an issue. Ryan Kerrigan's a very polite person but he's also an NFL pass rusher who gets angry and wants to prove people wrong all the time. So I do believe he could have gone to Pittsburgh, of course, but the money and sure the chance to play the Burgundy and gold two times a year for the next couple seasons stood out to him too. But uh, guy was a beast. JP had a good story about it kind of in January when it seemed like the writing was on the wall. Um, everything about this franchise is <laughs> consistent. Ryan Kerrigan was consistent and I hope he has a good time in Philly, except for the two Sundays he plays this football team. I also think the opportunity in Philly was probably the best one out there. Obviously the Steelers defense as a whole is better than the Eagles, but Kerrigan rushing out of that wide nine is going to be something fun to watch on third down on the weeks that he's not playing Washington. Yeah, but they might be changing all that. It's a new staff. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess Philly's so. run I, that forever. Bigger picture, um, I guess. I think that he has the best opportunity in Philly to put up numbers to potentially get another contract after next year. Cause it's just a one year deal. And it doesn't, it's going to hurt the first time that he, if he gets a sack in one of those two games and breaks out the heartbreak kid pose, you know, afterwards. But, you know, you think about his legacy here in DC and, and Pete mentioned the sack record and all that. He's, you know, how often do players in the league play for one team for a decade, you know, in, in this day and age in the NFL, that doesn't, it doesn't happen all the time. And he was a productive, durable, good linebacker for this team for, for the better part you know, until for the better part of a decade until they started drafting all these first rounders. And, you know, I was going back and looking at like some of the tweets that I had, cause we were, you know, at the draft when Kerrigan was, was picked and, you know, around the team, obviously a lot in those years and his first, very first, you guys know how I shoot arrivals at games and stuff like that. His very first game in 2011, he was the first player to the stadium uh, in that, in that game. And that just kind of epitomized everything about him. Remember that 2011 year was, during the NFL lockout, um, he was working out at uh, George Mason at the George Mason football fields or soccer fields with uh, the rest of the vets during that time. He's just a he's a guy that's done a lot here in D.C. He's been through a lot and, and he's grown up a lot. And uh, I think you're going to I'm, I'm going to miss him in the burgundy and gold, but it's going to be fun in five years when he comes back to get his name in the in the ring of honor. And you look at his sack record and there's a chance that that thing may never be broken based on the way that. NFL players are moving around in free agency these days. It could also be done in eight years during the middle of Chase Young's second contract. But uh, either way, he's going to get his he's going to get his name up in the up in the ring of honor, and it's going to be it's going to be fun to remember those years. It's also just a shame he couldn't have won more here. Definitely deserved to win more, but uh, a lot of factors were working against him. So maybe he'll get a little more playoff exposure up north in philadelphia but probably not because that head coach seems kind of dumb and they have no quarterback yeah, yeah. i mean he's only there for one year too like i i wonder with him and trent and santana to a, a kind of a different uh, degree he was a little prior to those guys but like 
if here Trent lands on a winner, I think they're on like a Hall of Fame, you know, trajectory. Trent might still get there, but I don't know if RK will. Santana, if you ever play with a good quarterback, you wonder what his numbers would. I always think with Santana, if he and Reggie Wayne are tight or close friends, right? Like if Santana lands in Indy and Reggie Wayne ends up with the Jets in Washington, like how how different are those careers? Uh, hurts me. I, I think about that probably three times a day. It's embarrassing to admit, but I mean, the quarterback Santana caught passes from and the quarterbacks he could have caught passes from, oh, his numbers are so good already. They would have been excellent. You also think about that like three times a day? Yeah. I, when I was a, when I was growing up, I thought about it 30 times a day. Now I'm down to about three, and I'll probably think about it, you know, upwards of once a day, twice a day, until I move on to the next plane of life. Also give a tip of the cap to guys like Santana okay. and Kerrigan who kept their heads above water with all the with all of the uh, sinking ships that were happening around them in Ashburn over the over the, the, the duration of their careers there. Totally. I have nothing but uh, respect and support for Ryan Kerrigan. He didn't. He, he didn't ask to leave. They they wanted him to. So anybody that's mad at him, it's it's misguided anger. And and I do I get why the organization made that decision? One year, three and a half for him to go to Philly. They could afford that. Who the hell are the backups? Yeah, the seventh rounders, and maybe you know Justin. Houston the seventh the rounders future. from last year, right? Like. Is it so different than the Morgan, than Morgan Moses? You can get yeah, close. No I, no, I think it is quite different because they signed Leno and they drafted a second rounder. Like you, you, Kerrigan last year already was thrust into this depth role and he hated it, but he had it. Like Mo, Moses hasn't done it. And I am not sure he'd be as magnanimous. that a word? <laughs> I don't know. Magnanimous? Magnanimous? Yeah. Is that the right word? Is that what I'm going for? That's the right word. That's what you're that's what you're looking for. Just I I don't know how well that would but like if Ryan really wanted to stay here, I mean who are Casey Tuhill? Who are the DNs on this roster? It's gonna be Shaka Tony and William Bradley King and Tuhill. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be a really impressive collection. And the NC State kid from last year. James Smith Williams. James Smith Williams. Um, I meant similar in that you have a aging player who's making more money and the 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 amount of production that you're going to get from the cheap young guy who's also going to have an opportunity to develop makes them expendable i just don't agree dude because the difference between sam cosme a second rounder versus a pair of seventh rounders is a pretty big chasm right we don't need to get in the weeds on this but Morgan we Moses get, you always say that, and then we get in the weeds. Yeah, I don't know. Morgan Moses we as live a in starter the to the second rounder versus Ryan Kerrigan as a backup to the seventh rounders is the comparison because it's not like either of those seventh rounders are being thrust into a starting role. They're being thrust into a rotational extra rusher situation, or you or uh, you know one of the starting linebackers needs a needs a quick breather. Yeah, having Chase Young and Sweat on the field for basically every snap may not be the worst oh, thing in the Marshawn world. Oh, Marshawn, too. God damn it. I hate that guy. Yeah, I me too. I, so I hate that guy. I curse, Pete. Sorry, buddy. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. As oh, you can tell, it's 2-2. Two, 2-2 two, two, two caps, caps uh, Bruins with eight minutes left in the third period. I'm the only one not watching because I'm committed to this 
podcast first and foremost. No, because you don't have a TV in whatever room you're in. Right, the cat's right next to my lap. I'm I'm three inches from a giant TV. You're worried that the cat's going to start meowing. Yeah, what's the cat watching? Is she watching something? Is that the problem? No, Kim's out outside doing relaxing bits and wanted me to be in the bedroom, which is completely fine, and I agreed to happily. What does the cat watch on TV? What's she into? Seems like golf. I think like the ball moving and the swings kind of catch her attention. So, and there's birds chirping sometimes. So that's. I love that you texted. You texted four minutes. I assume that means till Sunberg. Yeah. You think Sunberg's joining us before the Cavs game ends? I don't know. I just you know wanted to make sure we're on time. But yeah, that's probably a good point that you're making. All right. Why don't we take a break? Um, When we come back, we'll be talking to Nick Sunberg. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A sincere, real pleasure to be joined by maybe like the first player to ever join this podcast way back in my Honda Pilot with Tandler sitting shotgun, Mr. Nick Sunberg. Dude, how are you? How's how's Arizona? How's life? Good. Thanks for having me on again, guys. It's been a while. Um, things are going we miss well. You. We, I miss you guys too. It's hot. Uh, already over 100 every day, which sucks, but um getting busier so that's good uh other than that just kind of taking it day to day how's the baby how's how's family life good um waking up a whole lot more throughout the night that's uh how old now uh just over three months oh yeah you're still in the thick of it dude (laughs) he's been sleeping like for the last week too um but other than that other than being him being a sleep jerk, uh, he's awesome. <laughs> uh, Is floor nursing or bottles yeah, or what? It's way harder on her. Yeah, I mean, you got to look tired. Like, oh, though. I'm so sorry, and then just kind of roll back over and go to bed. Yeah, I try not to do that sometimes, but it happens. I can't. I can't lie. Um, yeah, she's yeah, she's on the struggle bus for sure. So like during the day, I'm trying to just take him and let her get a nap in and stuff like that. And or in the morning, I'll try and get up early, <clears throat> early for me in the off season, get up around like seven thirty eight and just take him downstairs so that she can sleep in for another hour and a half or something. I'm yeah. not in the kid having stage, Nick, but what is the biggest surprise that has happened for you in these first three months that maybe I can think about in like 10 years if I ever have a child? What, what should I need to be prepared for that is out of nowhere? Uh, out of nowhere. Poop. Uh, that's, so much. All the time. A lot of poop. Uh, and 
like I knew because I, I've had a lot of friends that had, I'm a 33. So like a, a lot of my friends have been having kids for a long time and family members, but like, I knew that you're always late to stuff, but I was like, that's never going to be me. It's freaking me, man. Like yesterday we were meeting uh, some friends to go look at some houses and had everything ready. He's in the stroller going out to the car and like we get into the garage and floor looks down and she's like, what is that on his sock? Is that mustard? No, that's definitely poop. He like, wishes it was mustard. <laughs> he's covered in poop. And you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, so, all right, we got to go back inside, get a whole new outfit, change the diaper, clean him off. Like, and then all this, then now, now we're 20 minutes late. It's like, God, we were going to be five minutes early, but nope, nope. It just doesn't happen anymore. Wait till he's eating like hamburgers and, and cheese and like real food. And that happens. It's a whole, there's a whole nother level of poop. You don't even know about yet. Nick yeah, coming not, on the pod and talking about poop is a lock. It always happens. Are they mostly 15 yarders or, or just, or just five? Oh, they're all 15s. Ejections. <laughs> Yo, well, how are you feeling? We know about the surgery. How do you feel? Good. Uh, I'm like three weeks ahead of schedule. I wasn't supposed to start snapping until like the first or second week of June. I started last week. Um, so getting some sanity back there. Uh, the weight room stuff's going pretty well. It was just, it was such a slow process to start like being able to do anything with my arm again. Um, it atrophied so bad being in that brace for freaking almost three months. Um, but finally starting to be able to, to, to do some pressing again and some, uh, just use the dang thing like up until like two weeks ago i was only allowed to do girl push-ups um so i can finally do push-ups now so i'm you know like and i can do overhead presses and i can start the bench again but like everything is so slow i can i can't i mean i technically i can use a full uh, like a barbell now but uh, i've just been doing a lot of dumbbell stuff with a heavy one in my left arm and a light one in the right one and just slowly you know like every other day increasing the weight a, a little bit so I finally had 60 pounds in my hand yesterday, which is the most I've done uh, since pre-surgery. So uh, we're getting there. Get where do you want to go? Like, what is are we? Are you? Is your agent calling other teams? Like, what 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 is happening for you? Like, what do you want to do? Uh, I want to be 100 percent again. So yeah. that was the point of getting the surgery. Um, originally, uh, I had my agent call. He's like the best elbow guy in the country, but um i got on a three-way call with him and he just asked me straight up he's like you know do you want like or he said how many year, more years do you want to play one or more than that and i was like well i'd like to have the option of playing more than one you know uh he's like well then get the surgery now he's like if you wanted to play squeak out one more season and retire i'd say gut it for another year um since you've i already gutted it for a season like he's like I, you could probably do that um but if you want to play longer than that get the surgery knock it out now and and then you know like feel good go into next season feeling great instead of being pissed off all the time because your elbow hurts um so there is a hundred percent again i've had elbow pain for like four or five years man it's, this is a long time coming it just got a lot worse this year with my freaking tendon blowing up but uh uh, I don't know if my agent's act actively calling teams, but every time he talks to a GM or a team, he tells me. Um, so uh, my plan is to wait until after mini mini camp, like the mandatory vet mini camps and all that stuff. Like I'm not, I'm in zero hurry 
Um, teams, you know, are always making moves post that mini camp because they either figure out they don't like who they have or they just want to add competition for, you know, preseason stuff like that. So um, I'm not in a hurry. I know, I mean, I got to pass a physical before I do anything. I don't think I would pass a physical right now. So um, I'm thinking early to mid-July, we figure that out. Got time. You said you were three weeks ahead of schedule. Is that early to mid-July when you think you'll be back feeling 100%? No, when do you think? Uh, feeling 100% was supposed to be June 20th. So, uh, or that's when I was, I was told I wasn't supposed to, to, to snap a football for five months after surgery. So that would have been June 20th. Uh, but my rehab or my PT is a little more aggressive and she's treating this instead of like a, uh, a tricep tendon repair, she's treating it like an Achilles repair. Um, the recovery process is for, tricep tendon stuff is super lame like one pound increases a, a week stuff like that like it's just unrealistic for somebody who uses their elbow a lot and like because I put so much force on that tendon and my tricep snapping a football it's got to get back to being able to carry that load and that um I guess it's got to get conditioned to be able to do that over and over and over again so like increasing stuff by one pound a week just ain't cut it um so we're doing a lot more to 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 try and strengthen it earlier, quicker, and all that stuff. But it's it's just a long process. Did you notice it impacting you at all last year? I mean, you used the word exploding tendon, but were you able to gut through it, and, or did you see like little small differences? I mean, technically, it didn't explode. It was only a fifty percent tear, but um, it was. I mean, it's, it was torn since August, so um, I did notice. So I, I mean, like. There were a few times, a few games throughout the season where like Tress and I would go watch tape and I'd be like, you know, like that ball wasn't spinning the way it should have been. And like you can slow-mo the tape and I could see like, hey, I'm pulling my my right hand out quicker. That's why I'm not getting I'm not getting fully through this ball. That's why there's a tail on that field goal snap or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely saw it, but you know, there wasn't much I could do about it. Like did cats are ever notice? Like was it something you're just hard on yourself? Like, because, dude, you and I talked about this late in the year. I don't think I noticed anything until maybe the last two games or something. But I don't think people notice that stuff. I, I, unless it's a bad snap or, or Tress mishandles it, by and large, that stuff doesn't make the public eye, right? Yeah, I, and I understand that. But, I mean, Nate knew about it because I was getting treatment and I was we were modifying right. the schedule and stuff like that. So, like – and he's a he's a pretty hands-on coach so he wants to watch the tape with us every monday and break things down you know every one of my snaps every one of dustin's kicks every one of uh, tress's punts all that stuff um and so what we would i was open and honest about how i was feeling and i would break down my tape to him the same way i would to anybody else um so you know i'm honest i'm way harder on myself as most guys generally are than any coach could be but um nate was nate's Nate was always just so good at just picking you back up, you know, like um, just getting you to fall back into the player who you are and always have been as opposed to like, you know, focusing on the pain and sh and things like that. So um, he was super good about it. Which was worse, the uh, tendon or, or playing half the season with a broken arm, which affected you more? It was only a half a game. 
<laughs> Half a season makes it sound cooler. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you can just let it go. I know. I, I can't, though. Um, Man of integrity. Uh, the arm affected me more uh, just because it hurt a lot. It, it was like actively like moving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that was. And like to turn your hand over, like all these bones rotate when you do that. So every time it happened, they were just like moving up and down. Oh, okay. Uh, that that was that was something. Yeah. Um, I can't help but know. Are you a metal straw guy now? You moved back to the West Coast. You're a metal straw guy now. Yes. Uh, trying to save the planet one straw at a time. I love one it. Straw at a time. Girl, man. Uh, no, they're. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my wife before got them a couple of years ago. We've been using them. She keeps like a, a collapsible one in her purse when we go out to restaurants, stuff like that. Um, they're super handy, man. I love it. Maybe so I should get in the metal straw game. I'm just ripping plastic water bottles, which are terrible for the planet. We're all um, University of Maryland guys. We should all be Terps. We're all Terps. We're all terrible. Yeah, Mitch is convinced that, that the straws directly impact turtles. I'm with them stuck in their nose and stuff all the time. Thank you. Oh, that's depressing. Um, you see those? You see those all the time, or there's one picture of a turtle with a straw in his nose that everybody just posts all the time. Eh, whatever. I mean, well, look, man, if we can Google. We want to protect all turtles, whether it's one or a thousand. JP, I don't know you're why right, you're dude, against turtles. I'm not We're a pro turtle pod. I, yeah. I'm anti straw though. I don't use plastic. I don't use metal. I get a big gulp with no lid, no straw, and the guy at Seven Eleven thinks I'm nuts, and I, I just tell him I live on the edge. Yeah, that you are. It's like just not having a, a case on your phone. What are you doing? Well, that's my I'm, world. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I'm that's why your phone circuitry is just exposed every day more and more. Uh, Nick, we're, we've got a feel for where you're at physically, but where are you at kind of mentally? I mean, this is the first time in like a decade that you aren't, you know, signed with the team. So how is that part going? Uh, it's okay. It's definitely different. Um, I think you just got to fall back on um, – you know, I'm not 100% right now, and I'm just focusing on getting there. Um, I have a lot to do, so that helps um, with the baby and, you know, being so active and all that. And they need you a lot, so that has helped uh, kind of keep my focus where it could be. It's easy to drift, though, um, for sure, uh, especially, I mean, you know, you average career in the NFL is around three years, you know, like I'm 33. So, you know, it's easy to, to, to wonder and think about stuff like that. But I think I'm just super focused on my competitive side. Like I don't want to be done. Um, and I, it's probably petty, but I'd like to play another 10 years just despite everybody in Washington. Um, but it is, you know, that's just me. So, Right now, I'm just focused on getting healthy and trying not to think about all, about all that other stuff. I don't want to pick at the scab, but you want to spite the people in Washington. So clearly, there's some folks you're not happy with. Um, I imagine that's part of the difficulty in, in moving forward, right? I get we all make business decisions, man. It's the NFL. It's it's a game. Um and everybody is trying to upgrade every position every day. So, um, so I guess spite might be a strong word. Okay. Uh, but you know, like I heard a bunch of like 
right after it happened, I saw a bunch of people talking like, well, he's been here for 12 or for 11 years. Like he's getting old. And like he, they did the same thing to Ethan. Like Ethan was 41. You know, like that's a little different. Um, but, you know, I'm coming off elbow surgery. I had back surgery a couple of years ago. I get that I don't have the cleanest bill of health when it comes to playing the game of football. So, um, you know, I'm challenged. I'm, right now I'm challenging myself to not have that last playoff game be the last game I ever play. Well, I, I hope it goes without saying we're certainly rooting for that. It, I can't tell you though. So we, you know how COVID was like, I mean, how many days, hours, minutes did I hang out next to your locker and just kind of BS with you and Tress? Right. Like th that, that's all gone right from COVID last year. We barely even got to interact, but we got to go to rookie minicamp last week and we were able to take our masks off and some of those like weird dividers between us and the practice field were taken down. And it's like, like you feel like it's slowly getting back. We go out next week for OTAs for the first time and they'll be, we'll see the dudes we recognize. And I don't know that there'll be any BSing like there has been in times past, but like you, you can feel it getting closer to that and not seeing you out there, man. I, is going to be incredibly bizarre to me. And, and I am one of probably thousands of people that, that will miss seeing you out there. Um, I, I'm just curious, have you had a ton of people reaching out like fans, teammates, all of it, or has that already kind of happened? Uh, yeah, it's kind of all, all already happened. <laughs> Every now and again, somebody new, somebody or will reach back out um, something like that. But, uh, it's definitely gonna be weird for me too. Like I wanted to finish my career in Washington and, and you know, retire there and, uh, you know, never, never put on a different Jersey, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I will say Ryan looks super weird in a, was, yeah. um, so, you know, it's definitely going to be strange, but, um, you brought up Kerrigan. So, and now Moses, I'm sure you've seen that news by now. They're either going to release him or trade him. What do you think of like, kind of getting rid of all these older veterans. Like Alex is gone. You're gone. Um, you know, the, the guys that are, you, you still have Sheriff who's on a franchise tag. It doesn't seem like you're going to get a long-term deal. Um, the only guys that are over 30 are like, are 30 or over. Tress, Hop, I think Bostic. And you got like a 38-year-old quarterback, so. But he's new. Right, but, <laughs> but he's new is what I'm saying. Like there's right. not a lot of people that predate Ron's arrival. Sure. Um is that normal? Like you've been through this before where there's rebuilds and new coaches and everything. Yeah. I mean, you got to think when Shanahan came in, I, he brought me in or the organization did. And I was so young when Jay came in that I don't think it was, it was advantageous to move on to a rookie. Um, but I do think this happens all the time. It just sucks when it does. And it's guys that, you know, um, so like, it's, I'm not surprised that it's happening. I, Morgan is kind of surprising to me. Um, but just because he's under contract, it's not like a, yeah. And I, point. I don't think he makes near like, is he even a top 10 highest paid right tackle? 11. He, he's okay. just outside. He, he's, I think he's on the books for eight this year. Yeah. Which I don't know. I, I that's way above my pay grade. Um, right. So, but 
Um, you know, he's a good locker room guy, all that stuff. I feel like he wants the team to succeed, you know, all that. But um, I don't know, stuff, crazier stuff has happened. Um, and I, I mean, I'm trying to think of when Ron got to Carolina, how many guys they, you know, turned over. New quarterback, brand new quarterback day one. You know, like Steve Smith was pretty soon out the door. You know, like Jake DeLome was their quarterback before they took, got Cam, right? Like they they made a ton of changes when he got there. And it's yeah. it's just the cycle of of new coaches. You mentioned Tress and Hop, two of the other quote unquote old guys. What's the group chat what's the group chat like? Or or is the fact that, that you're uh, taking care of a kid now kind of keeping Those you awake? Do you have kids? Yeah, they got Tress has three and Hop's got Hop's got one too. So um it's a little slower these days, um, but both those dudes keep checking on me and my sanity for sure. Uh, every at least every couple of weeks, if not more more often than that. Um, I mean, they're both doing well. Um, I know they both enjoyed not going to phase one and two. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, never spend more time in, with their families in the offseason. Your sanity, like mine, is always kind of on the fringe, anyway. So. Are they are they checking on your sanity or just like how you doing? So, um, it's not like a wellness check. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we run those on JP from time to time. Yeah, I get it. I mean, uh, I do it to friends all the time too. Um, it's just healthy, but uh, uh, more of just checking in on how the rehab's going. If I started snapping, all that sort of stuff, um, and then asking for picture, pictures with the baby and all that. That's cool. Coming down the stretch, was this, you know, in the couple final games in that playoff game, was it on your mind as you left FedEx Field that night that it could have been your last time on there? I mean, or did it kind of catch you off guard when the decision came down from Ron? I mean, what was the sort of uh, preparation level on your end? So I think it's always on your mind when you're in the last year of your deal um, that that could be it. And I remember I gave Ron a big hug. <laughs> we were walking off the field. and. Uh, just because I, everybody was saying it was going to be his last game, all that stuff. So um, it's definitely on your mind. But my last two contracts, uh, my first two contracts with the team that expired, um, they didn't talk to me until February anyway. So, I, you know, I just figured it was going to be a little more of the same. Um, unfortunately, that's just not how it played out. So not what will you miss from the NFL because you're going to be back and you're going to send us swag from whatever team you end up on. But what will you miss from Washington, like from being a Redskin for a long time and now just being a Washington football team player? Um, it's crazy, but you don't realize, like, how many people you meet and how many relationships you create in 11 years. Like, how many people we had to say goodbye to, and you know, like all that stuff. I miss the people, man. I miss every day walking in and and seeing Miss BJ and you know and and the relationship that we created with the community relations department and schools across the DMV and um, seeing all the guys every day and and all that stuff and and you know like that that's the stuff that um, that's gonna that that stung the hardest early on for sure. Um, I, I wanted to ask. What happens with loads of love? Are you going to try to keep that going in Phoenix or 
Are they going to try to keep I mean, it going it's here? Washington, it's a Washington football team, charitable organization program. So they're going to keep okay. it going. Okay. Um, I know, uh, you know, I talked to Calvin, still do, uh, but um, I know they, we were, what sucks is we were working on a, a big event for uh, National Laundry Day and then we had to leave town, but uh, they still did it, which was awesome. Um, and so they're, they're still going strong, especially with school starting to, do more in person and get back in the buildings and all that stuff. It's, it's even more imperative that they go full steam ahead and start up another grant and, and, and start putting in new facilities. Good. So what will you not miss from Washington or the Washington football team? All of it. Uh, and it, it, I'm not asking you to like name names. It can be traffic or like how, you know, you always, like, if you didn't yeah, think the Mexican food was good here. Good. Uh, 55 mile an hour speed limits on the freeway. That sucks. Um, <laughs> Are you still driving that caddy, or did you have to get like a dad mobile? No, I still got it. I got a dad mobile here already. What you have a mini? What is it? No, I just have a truck. It's a 06 Sierra. Okay, Ooh, throwback. That's not a dad mobile. Yeah. Damn, Pete's calling it a throwback. I guess that is 15 years old. It's kind of it's, it's a little bit of an old car. Is it your grandma's car? Because that's where I got my car from. <laughs> no, not quite. It's just a a truck I bought back in like 2011, I think, just to have something here because I had my uh, Tahoe out in Virginia. But um, yeah, still driving it. And then we got floors that we tool around when we need when we need to take the baby with us. Um, I I remember you had a like a buddy, like one of your boys lived in your house because you guys were in Virginia half the year. Now that you're back and that there's a baby, is your buddy still living there? Yeah. <laughs> How's that going? It's is he good. helping with feeding in the middle of the night? No, no. He gets up early for work. Um, <laughs> yeah, we actually just bought a new house out here, too, uh, back in December. Um, and it was, it's a, it was built in 1949, so it needs a little renovating. Um, so we're living in our old house while – working towards renovating a new one um that seems but, easy to do with a three-month-old yeah. baby and, it's a and, lot. and physical therapy all the time dude it's a lot yeah um and i've never renovated a house before or like had to talk to a designer and an architect and contractors and all that stuff like it is super overwhelming how much there is to do uh i had no i'd like I'm, I'm a big fan of like hiring professionals to do their job and letting them be professionals, man. You don't do that at all. When you hire architects and designers, like you have to do, you're like yeah. go step by step going through everything. It's like, bleh. they just have the right uh, certificates and degrees and, and whatever. To and I, I, I get it at the end of the day, like they want to make sure that, you know, if you're doing paying a bunch of money and renovate a house that it turns out exactly like you want it to be. Um, but it's, there's just so many, and everybody's so busy right now. Like it took us three months to even, oh. there we go. Debut. It's funny. Yeah. I thought that was Pete's cat. His no. debut appearance on the pod. <laughs> Sorry about that. that no, you might as well have floor and the baby come say hi. Oh, that pistachio freaking... too, barking up a storm. Yeah. She, she took him outside. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Uh, the market in Phoenix is freaking insane right now, trying to get anything done. And with sure. uh, material costs are stupid high. Like everybody's so busy, they're turning down jobs out here. So it took us three months to even find an architect that would take the job, um, which is crazy. Uh, but it's it's a been a big learning experience, which I'm always I'm always here for. Um, but yeah, it, so yeah, with the baby, the rehab, and the new house and all that stuff, we're, I'm definitely staying busy. Well, get, also, um, go ahead, Peter. Also, your uh, indoor soccer career that we heard about before <laughs> the pod is probably a lot to deal with too. Please tell me what this league is. It seems like maybe you're just a pinch player, but what, what position, position and what's you your play? game like? Yeah. Uh, I play D I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a forward or anything, but, uh, I mean, it's a co-ed league on Wednesday nights. Um, uh, I used to play every off season. I had a bunch of buddies that we, we always like, he was a snapper for the 49ers up until this year. You guys remember Kyle Nelson. He, he played in, uh, Washington when I blew my knee out in 2013. Yeah. Um, but he lives out in Phoenix. He lived at my house for a little while, uh, one year, but, uh, uh, him and a bunch of our other friends that played soccer when they were younger, we just started playing to stay in shape in the off season. Or for me, it was to stay in shape in the off season or get in shape sometimes um, for training camp and all that stuff. And uh, a few years ago, like one of my buddies who was our goalie, he was lifting with me and blew his knee out. And then our, another one of our friends screwed up his groin and he like, those, those were two of our best players. And so everybody just kind of the league, our team just kind of fizzled out. Um, but, you know, in recent weeks, everybody started talking about playing again. And I had, a, uh, had, a, uh, it's actually my PT who she's like, we had five people total show up last week. Like we need more people. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll play. And I bet so, Josh Norman gave you a bunch of good tips on how to play soccer, right? He did. Yeah. Josh and I used to talk about it all the time. Um, but I'm not, I'm no, uh, I'm no Pele or anything. Um, I just go out there and run up and down real quick and indoor is so much fun because oh, it's like yeah. hockey, you can change the hockey changes. So like I can go run for four minutes and get off and catch my breath and come back on and run for four minutes. And you know, like it's super fun. How much yeah. bigger are you than like the accountants and insurance adjusters and, you know, mail delivery people that are in this league? <laughs> Uh, it's a little more advanced than that, I think, but okay. uh, yeah, JP, you douche. I, I think you guys just douched on accountants and insurance adjusters. Yes. They can't yeah. be good at soccer. I mean, it's true. I did make a snap judgment on size of accountants and, and, and <laughs> that's, I guess, but generally quite a bit. Um, I mean, man, back in like 2015, when we were cruising, we had our team, it was like, so it was me and Kyle, Kyle, six, three, two, forty. Um, and then we had two of our buddies who played soccer in college. One played at Duke. I don't remember where the other one played, but, uh, one dude that played at Duke was like six, two. And the other one's a cop. Now he was six, five. Uh, and uh, you guys had to be five times bigger than the next biggest team. Yeah. Can you imagine vet. jostling for position in like a no, corner looking over. The the so yeah, it's like going against Tom Wilson. Yeah. One of our other buddies played. Played offensive line at Kansas. He he oh. played with us. He was six five. And he lost like seventy pounds. He's like two sixty. Uh, but I mean, it would, it's it's funny because like a lot of a lot of these leagues are like kids that are coming out of high school. Like they just got out of high school and they want to keep playing and stuff. And like you get a, a lot of like fresh 18, 19 year olds and 
that aren't, you know, like they played soccer in high school. They're not the biggest dudes. And then like, we would walk on the field and just be like, what the heck is going on? You're like, just here to get in shape, man. (laughs) Here to knock it around a bit. Yeah. Never took it very seriously. Just had a lot of fun, but we had a lot of dudes who were just good. And so we won a lot of games and which made it a lot more fun. You have a good goal celebration. I don't have a crazy one. You like rip your shirt off. No, no. I am going to wear a tank top tonight though. (laughs) <laughs> That's the permanently in a tank you gotta intimidate him, you intimidate him when you walk in you, you have to it's it's uh, perception is reality you know what i mean um co-ed's a little different though it's uh generally a lot a little bit slower pace which is which i'm all for so jp you definitely asking. can't crash the boards against somebody that's significantly smaller than you you know i mean it's just it changes things a little oh no, i'm courteous out there all right i'm not super aggressive savage. i will take a charge <laughs> jp was asking all the mushy washington football questions about people you were going to miss and whatnot aside from the uh end of training camp pods with us what's the what's the what's the your highlight of your career from from your time in dc oh man there are there are a few um, like specific moments. Uh, like if I could bundle like all of Tress's super highlight punts where he knocked one down to the one or that seventy-seven yarder stuff like that. Um, him and I had a thing where like he would sprint down towards the field and I would stop and turn around and we'd like crow hop into a high five or into a low five together and like. If I could put all those moments in, in a bucket, like that's something I like for sure. Um, and then to be a little more sentimental, like the uh, the act of like creating loads of love uh, is something I'll never forget. And watching it grow from a small pilot, you know, in five locations to being at almost a hundred now um, is, is truly something I'm super, super proud of. Um, and I think everybody in that charitable relations department and, um, you know, even from, from Mr. Snyder on down, they've supported that program so hard from day one. Um, like it, it, I'm just very, very impressed with how they took an idea from, from, you know, from us and, and ran with it. And I, I'm, I was at the time and throughout the process, just kind of astonished at how quickly it grew. And I still am to this day. Uh, I know we had some setbacks with COVID and all that stuff, but um, it's going where it needs. It's, it, it's in good hands with, with Calvin and everybody in the charitable relations department. So though there's, there's two, if you want more, I can get, I can start thinking. <laughs> um, I'll go a slightly different direction. Aside from Dustin and Tress, who is a teammate either from last year, or just in the past in general that you will miss the most. Uh, so there's, there, there are a few of those, uh, give them all. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff, um, uh, just DeShazer Everett and Jeremy Reeves, uh, Troy Apke, uh, Cole Holcomb, some of the young guys. Um, I mean, Morgan Moses and him and I, our our lockers have been next to each other for years. Um, uh, aside from the uh, Trent Williams double locker of yeah yeah that yeah boxes of boxes of stuff yeah when he put up the rope that's uh, that was a highlight of, of media <laughs> Trent media that was so great that was oh, so great. so great um definitely Alex him and I 
had a, it was strange how our relationship started because we were both rehabbing, but, uh, or realistically, but like we grew, I feel like we grew really close because we spent so much time together rehabbing. But uh, uh, Alex was just a straight up dude. Um, so fun to be around, so easy to talk to. And uh, he's somebody I'm definitely gonna miss a ton. Um, but we still stay in contact, which is cool. Um, uh, there's just, there's a handful to name a few. Sure. You surprised yeah. he walked, he retired. I am. I didn't think he was going to retire, but who knows? I mean, he played for, he played really long time, like 16 years, right? He played four yeah. years. Yeah. I think he was the number uh, one overall pick in 05. Yeah. Draft was Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? And Aaron. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, you want to hear something crazy? Yep. Yes. Sure. Fun fact for you. The very first and only college football game that I attended before I went to college was the Fiesta Bowl in 05. Anybody name the two teams in that game? Utah and Alabama. Utah and Boise Alabama. State. Uh, Florida. No idea. Hit. Oh. Hit. Larry Fitz on the field? No, Larry's older than that. Come on. Uh, but <laughs> but Alex Smith was on the field. That's cool. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Was it I my my almost guess, but then I tied it into Alex. Um, was wasn't that Boise State Oklahoma game? It was a, uh, Fiesta uh, Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, but I think that was 07. <laughs> Ian Johnson proposal right? and all that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember Nick. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Um, one of my favorite memories, I guess, my favorite Nick Sunberg memory. I still have it. Is the sleeveless Washington <laughs> polo that you cut for me and yeah. gave to me to go out to Buffalo. So, I mean, I've said a bunch of pods before, but you're kind of the first player who stopped to give me the time of day, and you even cut up a polo and let me wear it to the tailgate. So, I always appreciate that, and that was a hell of a memory. And I still have like frozen nipples from that afternoon in the tailgate park. You committed to the bit, man. It was perfect. I still remember yeah. watching that video. It was great. You did awesome. Thank you. I think my favorite Nick memory was uh, on the sideline during a uh, preseason game. Oh. There's a little extra time and I got a Nick snapped me a football and he came back and I was like, holy F that came back fast. And he's like, <laughs> dude, that was like 20%. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, that's good. Good to know Mitchell's working hard that day. I thought it's got to be Richmond. It's got to be whatever. No, what's the name of that bar? Shanae? That's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The bear fight. Yeah, yeah, the bear fight. I thought, I thought my career was over that night. I really did. <laughs> uh, JP thought uh, it's going to be a dead spin story. Sports reporter s's himself in bar now has to sell real estate. <laughs> a lot of poop talk on this pod. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, what's old is new again. Right. Yeah. Um, you know what you're going to get when I come on. Dude, I, I we don't want to keep you too long. I know you got diapers to take care of and soccer to play. Um, but know that there's always a chair for you here on this podcast. Um, you're going to be playing this fall, so this is irrelevant. But if you, if for some reason you choose not to, I think you should be doing media in this city. Um, for us. And, and I us. just want you to know how much fans love you, dude. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Uh, you know, I love all the fans too. It's, uh, I didn't say it earlier, but they, they are definitely some of the people, some of the people I'm going to miss the most too. Um, 
interact, especially pre-COVID, man, having everybody totally. on the field and, you know, seeing everybody pre-game, all that stuff. Everybody, all the, the super regulars in 109, um, definitely a, an awesome group. Um, but I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I like doing media. We'll see if someday that time comes. Um, but hopefully, hopefully not for a few more years. You sure, could carve not. a niche. You could carve a niche as a indoor soccer contributor. Like you could start your own blog, start your own indoor soccer podcast, and really just go vertical that way. I could. <laughs> it's, it's an, uh, so in the space. Yeah, I mean, you never it's know. a burgeoning Plant space. Plant your flag. Too. Yeah. Plant your flag. Yeah. Um, there are way more fights Friend. than you think. I, I mean, I could, uh, I could just take that route and document the fights each week. You could start picking fights each week. Put those videos on YouTube. Find the best boom. accountant to fight. You're, Go fight boom, that accountant. Boom, you're bigger than McAfee. No, nobody's bigger than McAfee. Pat's um, I mean, they, they have like should... A.J. Feely doing like kicking commentary on Sundays. They could definitely have Nick as like the long snapper expert. That'd be pretty sweet to hear about. But yeah, more playing before all that stuff happens. Hopefully, you know, yeah. Whatever you're, wherever you end up at, are you going to bring the running out of the tunnel to start the game over there. Cause that was the best bit that the three of you guys that you brought those guys, because the special teams are always the first guys out of the tunnel. So they never get announced with the team. So Nick and the, and Tress and, and Dustin would just come running out of there. And it was great. The best. So yes, I hope so. Because I don't know why, but specials are always so scared to run out of the tunnel. And it's like, even dating back to college, like guys never wanted to do it. Um, I remember the first time I did it was when Sav and Graham were here. And they were getting ready to run around that that run around the tunnel, and I was like, "Why? Why do we do this every week? What that old we little helmet, <laughs> the inflatable yeah, helmet. helmet, yeah." yeah. But uh, like, why? Why do we do this? Like, we have to walk through the mud, to, you know? Like, screw this. Let's run on the field. And both of them were like, "No, we don't run through there." <laughs> like, flabbergasted that I would even ask. I was like, "Well, f you guys, I'm freaking going." Uh, and that's how it started. And I, I think I got sad to do it once. Um, and then Tress was a good sport about it. He didn't care. He's like, sure, of I'll course. Do yeah. And then Hop started doing it too. It's great. Yeah, I get, uh, was Hop a little hesitant at first, a little bashful, for sure. I can see that. Even, Tress Shocking. was too, but you know, with enough coaxing, uh, it took like two. Come on, man, let's go. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. <laughs> he's a good. Um, yeah, this is by far the most sober interview we've done in a long time. I'm sick. You have a soccer game. Um, I don't know what the other two have going on. Are you guys drinking, Mitch or Pete? Not at all. Yeah, no, just water. <laughs> I like I like being able to remember this whole thing for once instead of not rehear it when I edit it. <laughs> the best thing um, about the Sunberg pods is the is the cracking the tss, as we open beer cans. No, right. Tress is good about it too. Yeah. When, when are you are you coming back to town for anything? Is there anything on your calendar? No, not yet. Uh, eventually I'll have to go back for like, uh, uh, I don't know when it happens, but like a post career, uh, injury eval for workers comp, but I don't know when that happens. Uh, is that with the PA or is that with the team? Both. So I'll have to do, and guys have to do this for every team they played for. Like right, I right. Beamich still gets talk. paid or, or Beamich oh, got paid. Patrick is so screwed when he has to do it. He's going to be traveling all over the country. Like I, I remember I was talking to Lorenzo Alexander uh, right around the time he was 
doing it. And he's like, God, it sucks so bad. Cause he, he lives in Phoenix, but he had to go to go to Virginia, Buffalo, Oakland, like, and just all over. Um, <laughs> but you, you have to see uh, a doctor hired by the, hired by the PA and then a doctor hired by the league. And then they each evaluate you all like my, the the injury book on on every player who's played 10 years is super long. So they go through every single thing that's ever happened to you. Um, And then everything has a point system basically. Um, But they, they each come up with their number. Generally the PA guy is more generous and the NFL guy is less. And then you go to an arbitration with the team and then they argue back and forth to come up with uh, if there's a settlement or, you know, but however workers comp works, I don't know yet. Um, That sort of thing. Um, Because you were the PA rep for so long, Mitch has an interesting theory that I'd like him to propose to you. Um, I'm still the rep. Are you still? Okay. Well, good. Yeah. I don't know if you're allowed to comment on my theory, but my theory is that the NFL PA is going to, or the NFL is going to barter the 18th game of the NFL season for the NFL off season with the PA. So in, I think we'll go two years of having 17 games because they have to give every team a chance to have the odd home and road breakup. And so in 2023, there will be either no NFL off season or maybe just an OTA, but there will turn out to be 18 NFL football games. Does this have legs? I don't think so because the thought process from leadership in the PA is the offseason's already uh, voluntary. So why negotiate for something that we don't have to go to? And I think this year was a good step in the right direction with guys taking um, a little bit of power back and saying no. Um, like, I'm not going. I'd rather stay at home and train with my guy and, you know, I'd get better work here anyways. Like, um, whatever. Uh, where where would you suppose where would you go right now back to dc me yeah for what you said i'm not going to ota oh like that's that's what like a lot of theory well remember when guys like i think 18 or 20 teams put out statements saying their players weren't going to show up to otas right like right 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 um which was a crazy two weeks let me tell you Holy moly. Oh my God. Uh, just a nightmare. Team-wide calls, league-wide calls, rep calls. I was on the, I'm on the COVID committee, the off-season COVID committee, those freaking calls, like just every day there was something. Um, but sorry, I got a little off topic, but like, um, you know, a bunch of guys decided, Hey, we're not going to show up to at least, we're at least not going to show up to phase one and two. Cause those are r- ridiculously stupid anyways. Um, like we have so much data now from last year with nobody showing up, how many injuries we prevented by not going right. Like how many concussion, how many less concussions there were soft tissue injuries, uh, year long injuries that didn't happen because we weren't having guys bull rush each other during with no pads on during OTAs, right? Like it's just stupid stuff that, that the off season has morphed into because guys are competitive and coaches coaches feed on like feed that, you know, like, um, so at least not going to phase one and two was good. I think that's a step in the right direction for getting the ownership group to actually 
you know, negotiate some of that stuff out, but, or, or, um, have guys take that moving forward and just say, we're not going to go at all to phase one and two ever again. I mean, which I think would be beneficial to everybody involved, but I don't know. It's, there's so much that goes into it, man. Like, especially yeah. in 18th game, like now you're talking about revenue sharing for the team and like the logistical nightmare that it was trying to get the 17th and like guys to be on board with that. Um, how you pay. I mean, we have a blueprint now, I guess, for how you pay, but it was a nightmare. Dude, <laughs> we've kept you too long. Let's no, check no. back in. When do you, when are you, Back in, let's check back in in like July. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. And More training camp. We'll see if we can get Tress on. Maybe we all have a cocktail. There we go. See how we do. All right. All right. Uh, I'm in. Nick, you're the best, man. We miss you in DC, and we can't wait to see where you end up this fall. I appreciate you guys. Always a pleasure having me on, or always a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me on. Either way, thanks for coming on. Nick. Works. We're not real sticklers fun. for that stuff. Yeah. Do the pub anything before you get off? Go for pub. it. Yeah, pub away. No, I was asking if you do. Or do you guys nah. do you guys do all that off off now? Oh, uh, we did we did that before we got before we got going. What do we uh, need to do? Do you you want to be saying like the oarsman the oarsman reads and stuff like that? Do you want to do the oarsman read? <laughs> no, no I'm just you always used to, you guys are big time now. You do it all, no. all up there and edit in. No, we used to do that. <laughs> when we would do a full podcast with you guys in the tent, because we would just do the whole thing soup to nuts. But now we did, because we had to do a whole like Morgan and Kerrigan thing. And now oh, just yeah, yeah. the Sunberg interview. Got it. But will you please say thank you to Orsman Automotive of Virginia? You know, Biagi, give Biagi oh, yeah. some love. Bob was great. Uh, thank you to Orsman Automotive of Virginia. They're great. <laughs> if you need anything, check them out. They, got, they hooked me up with new, with new wheels and tires on the caddy. Um, great people over there. Huge, you're the man. Yeah. Now, what a good I'll, pitch, uh, man. Your checks in the mail. Yeah, right. It's very small. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a dirty Shirley next time I see you. How about now that? we're talking? Now I'll buy right. the bear fights next time we go. Oh, well, no. no, thank you. <laughs> we'll I'll see. be the designated driver. I, I will never drink a bear fight again, ever. Probably a good idea for you. Yeah, definitely a good um, idea for you. All right, boys, Nick, thank you, man. Seriously. Yeah, for sure. Take care, guys. And like we get into the garage and Floor looks down and she's like, what is that on his sock? Is that mustard? No, that's definitely poop. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.